I remember as a little boy, I believe I was in grade one, and I asked my teacher one day in the middle of service if I could go home because my tummy hurt so bad. And we didn't live far. It's a, very, a little village of Weldon. And those were different days back then, that's for sure. And so she gave me permission to go home to my parents. And I remember going back. And before I even got there, I remember having so much pain that I just crawled into the ditch on the side of the road as cars were going by and, and curled into a, just the fetal position, holding my stomach and, and just kind of groaning. And all of a sudden something came back to me that I had learned from my mom and dad and in Sunday school class, that the name of Jesus is more powerful than anything else. I had been taught that Jesus heals. I had been taught that Jesus is more powerful than anything the devil would try to do. And uh, so I was raised in a church where continually the teaching and the diet was the overcoming power of Jesus Christ. I remember, and it's, you've heard me share this at other times, and it's so profound to me still today, 50 years later, that all I could say was, Jesus, uh, just Jesus. I don't remember the prayer, I just remember that Jesus, you know, my tummy's healed, heal my tummy. And I remember the feeling that came over me and that's my earliest recollection of using the name of Jesus in a circumstance and knowing that I was taught that he could heal. Immediately, I was healed. I literally can remember the experience of, uh, it's like hot oil just kind of coming from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. And, and it's often... Uh, things at times in my life where God has touched me physically, if I'm traveling or whatever, that all of a sudden this miraculous thing will take place over sickness, over disease. I got up, went back to my classroom, and I remember my teacher saying, Liam, what are you doing here? And I said, you know, it, it all left. I didn't even try to explain it to her. I just knew. And at that young, young age, I knew that the name of Jesus was powerful. I want to talk to you about this today because I don't think a lot of people use it properly or understand why it works. Now, the name of Jesus is not a magic incantation. It's not a word that the power is just somehow in the phonics of the word, the, the consonants, the vowels. In fact, that's not even how you say Jesus uh, in other languages. So, what does it mean to use that name? Is there power that is released? How do you up the power on the name of Jesus? After all, the word is used in swearing. The word is used by people who are, you know, just, if you hit your, your nail with a hammer, the next thing that comes out is Jesus, but... It's like it's been used. It's like the enemy has done everything in his power to come against that name, to try to strip that name of its power, to begin to make it so that it's just a joke. It's a swear word. Why in the English language is it the name Jesus 
that is so used to swear. Why don't they use Buddha? Why don't they use Muhammad? Why don't they use Reverend Moon? Why don't they use Leon for a swear word? Uh, why do they name the name of Jesus? Because there are two kingdoms on this planet, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Now, there's a fascinating, if you'll stick with me on this, I'm going to do a, a little more teaching. I'm going to dive down into this today because this can revolutionize your prayer life, and I'll show you how. Why? What's with this name? Can anybody just whisper it and it's got power? The answer is no. But how can we understand its use? Well, the Bible teaches us, most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name. Now that word ask is an, in the, is an original word that has uncertain origin. It tends to mean to ask, to declare, to speak, to require. It's a general word in these areas, and the translators believe it's ask, and, and I don't think it's wrong. It's just have a greater understanding that if you declare, if ask, if you speak out anything in my name, that... I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He's talking to his disciples. He's speaking to you and I a couple thousand years later. And he's showing us that up until this time, they hadn't used the name of Jesus. The disciples would go pray for people. Jesus somehow transferred power to them, and he taught them to lay hands on the sick. He taught them to do things. But as he's about to leave, he begins to talk to them about using his name. Now, when you look at using the name of Jesus, probably some of the best analogies I can use is the power of attorney. In my lifetime, there's been a couple times where I've accepted people who've wanted help, and, and uh, they've asked me to if I could pick up the power of attorney. And uh, so I remember a couple of friends who had flown to a dangerous country to do some work there, and they wanted to know that if something went wrong and they needed out of there, he said, I want you to use, and he had, he had a lot of resources, he said, I want you to use that to you get me out of there. I don't care if you have to rent the most expensive plane. Uh, he says, the second you see a problem, you use my resources and you get me out of there. And it was interesting how that at that time, when I would sign a check or transfer money for him, uh, that I would just write beside my name, P-O-A, power of attorney. And so I learned a little bit about it then, and from country to country it has different guidelines, but it basically means that everything that that person has, everything they control, uh, everything that is in their control has been transferred to me. And I could use their, their resources to look after them. I could use their things. I mean, buildings, lands, signing, all of these things I could do. And 
that's probably the best example to when I talk about using the name of Jesus. As Jesus says, it's important that I go. Why at this time are we using the name Jesus? Because Jesus died on the cross. He became sin, took our sin. He, he, he literally went to hell in our place. He arose again triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. And here he's talking about going to the right hand of the Father, a position of complete authority. And Jesus has won this all. He said, I have authority in heaven and on earth. There is no other authority that is greater and he said to you and I now, you go. And he begins to teach. The book of John, as you read some of the chapters there, are just stunning at the doctrine and the principles as he says this name. Now this name, it says, and there's so many verses I don't have time to get into. I think we might talk a little bit maybe tonight at 5.30 as we talk about having our healing service because it talks about bringing glory to this name, that there's power in this name, that you must have faith in this name, that you must use this name, and that at this name there is a, an instant response to all of the authority that is in that name. All the resources that are in that. What's the resources? Healing is in that name. Prosperity is in that name. Peace is that name unlocks the peace of God, the joy of God. It unlocks the resources and the wealth of God. It stops the enemy dead in his tracks. I've shared often, and a lot of times I use same stories because they, they do it the best, but many times when my life has been in danger, I have simply used the name of Jesus. And I've shared how that, that one man who attacked me with a tire iron, and he was literally about 25 feet away running at me. And people were watching this. And I just pointed to him, and all I could say is, Jesus. And he looked like he hit a, 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 an invisible barrier. That thing fell to the ground, and he turned and ran. Why is the name magic? No. Then what is it? As a born-again believer, I knew that I had inherited that name, that it had been given to me. I knew at that time, to a certain degree, the rights that I had in that name. There are privileges in that name, and I knew there was protection in that name. So when I used that name of Jesus, what I believed about that name and the power of Jesus was released, and I don't know how he didn't. I didn't know if a, uh, one of my guardian angels just reached out a hand and boom, or what happened. I don't care. I just know that it has worked, and he ran for his life and later on gave his life to Jesus Christ as his Savior and his Lord. Learn to use the name of Jesus. It is your inheritance. It is your right. And when you understand that this power of attorney that has been handed to the body of Christ is saying, and the language that is used through the New Testament is that you are in him 
any time. You even need to recognize that you are righteous. You're not righteous in yourself. You're righteous in him. You're not healed in your own efforts. You're healed in him. You are not who you are in yourself. You are and your identity is who you are in him. And if we could ever understand this, it would be a stunning difference. So in John 16, 23, he says, In that day you shall ask me nothing. They were used to going to Jesus as disciples and saying, Jesus, this person has a need. Jesus, you know, they were out of wine at the feast. Jesus, this man says. So he's saying that in that day, you're going to ask me nothing. What? You're going to stop coming to me to do things. Some of these people who pray in these begging terms, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus, sweet Jesus, dear Jesus. They need to read this verse that he's saying, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the Father. Now the word ask again doesn't mean in a begging, pleading way. This term is a declaring. This term is a pronouncing and asking. It's a causing things to happen and move. Whatever you ask, whatever you declare to my Father, it says in my name, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now there's something interesting here in this scripture. So many uh, of my contemporaries who will teach about the word of God, they make it look as if suffering is the greatest thing you could do for the kingdom of God. As though just to be sick and poor and depressed that you're suffering for Jesus, but none of those are true. The only time that we see people uh, who are suffering for Jesus is when they're sharing Christ, doing things for Jesus, and people come against them. But all of the promises in the Word of God bring healing, they bring prosperity, they bring peace, they bring a protection from danger. Jesus said, no one takes my life, I'll lay it down. And it shows us if he has that authority, you and I have that authority. So the believer, according to Jesus, can live in a fullness of joy every day of their life because of answered prayer. You are not designed to sit here begging, bugging, and pleading, hoping prayer works. You are designed that you're going to ask and you're going to receive so that your joy may be full. He is talking about this incredible authority, this manifesting of answered prayer as you pray over situations, declare situations. So we have got to begin to study and understand what is going on here. Now, in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10, is a portion of Scripture where Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, and there's a man who was lame from his mother's womb, and he was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. Now, here's a, here's a thought I want you to understand. Jesus passed by this man for three years. Well, why didn't Jesus heal him? I don't know. 
But I know that even in the majority of times that we see individual miracles in the life of Jesus, that it was always an understood that their faith, they had to have faith to be able to receive his, the presence of God. And it didn't matter how much power went into them. We are such an autonomous being, such a, a being in control of our own lives, that this there's got to be a rising of faith to hang on to any kind of a miracle because Jesus couldn't do a miracle in his hometown. It doesn't say wouldn't. It says he couldn't. So anyway, that's just a thought to think about. Peter then, along with John, fixed his gaze on this man and said, look at us. Another teaching we've taught on this is that he doesn't say look to God and just move this man off into the weakness of his own faith. He says, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have. Who has? He has. Who has? Well, today, there's all this kind of phony humbleness. Well, look to God. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing in me. And we have this kind of false humility. Humility is not degrading yourself. Humility is giving all glory and attention to Jesus for everything that succeeds in your life. So Peter literally said, look at us. And he gave them his attention. And then he said, he uses this name. In the name of Jesus, the Nazarene walk. And he seized him by the right hand. He raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood and upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him, and they were, take, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder at what had happened. Peter is explaining this, and here's what he says. He's explaining this miracle because they're so shocked, and he says, on the basis of faith in his name. What in the world? Like, okay, we've often been taught about learn the word, grow in faith, but to study what the name entails is crucial because we have to have faith in his name. Now, faith is a heart thing. It is not a head thing. So to have faith in the name of Jesus is to spend time in his word again to understand the cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension to the throne. These are crucial because this is where we understand the authority and the power that is in the name of Jesus. So he says here that on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this power perfect health in the presence of you all. I want you to understand that in your life, there will be forces of darkness that will come against every area of blessing and rights and privileges that have been won for you. And so until you understand whose you are, until you understand what you are, until you understand your purpose and mission, if you do not spend time in the Word, I feel like pastors are going to give such 
a, a grave account of themselves as they have taken the sacred desk of teaching people the word and have taught candy to an already diabetic crowd and they don't even understand their authority they don't understand their inheritance they don't understand the cross to the throne people there's people out there by the millions who've given their lives to Jesus Christ who will go to heaven when they die but they're just taught that you're going to be fodder for the enemy until then as though his kingdom of darkness is in control when it is the kingdom of light and so to use the name of Jesus say well Leon I mean I, I've often tried the name of Jesus and it hasn't worked for me well if I was to ask you at that time what does the name of Jesus entail you'd give me some religious reason from your head because faith is not of the head there's two kinds of faith faith from the heart and faith from the head natural ordinary human faith comes from the reasoning of the head I have faith that this roof's not gonna collapse and hit me now it's got so much weight on these beams that it would hurt me brutally if it just boom came down on me but I've got a human faith I see the nails I know the guys who put it together I inspected it you know months ago before I got under it and so I have faith that it's gonna hold but there is a spiritual faith a heart faith it is the God kind of faith that is in my heart and here I can believe things that no uh, my eyes my ears I have no proof in the physical realm but I know because of what Jesus says and this faith comes from the reading of the precious word of God the Bible has been under attack. If the enemy can just get you a little bit to feel like the Bible's outdated, it's not going to work, I don't think it's, it's going to matter at all, then you'll stop using it. But when you begin to understand who you are, I can't tell you how many times Sally and I, just like you, walked the floors during the nights holding a baby as they worked their way through a flu or a cold or something pushing against them and as they wouldn't sleep for a while you just softly walk through the house and I would just pray God's Word I would just worship and thank him for the word that works but often I would just stop and it was the name of Jesus often I would just walk the hallway thank you Jesus and when I said the name Jesus it wasn't a magic incantation for me Every time I spoke the name, something just leaped on the inside of me as through years and months of spending time with Jesus and spending time in his word, I knew that that name unlocked all the wealth of heaven, all the power of heaven, all the influence of heaven, that that name shut down every demonic attack, and I would just walk and speak the name. I can't tell you how many times I whispered that name over a crib or just sitting beside Sally, she would whisper and pray the name over me, me over her. Or how many times, especially uh, in the church, that I would just walk. And if you see me walking around the property or back in, in 479 St. Mary's, I would just ask them to leave me alone. I'd walk into the sanctuary and get on the piano and just worship God. And often I would just use the name Jesus. And as I used that name Jesus, I was seeing people lining up to come to church. I was seeing from the north, the south, the east, and the west, the power of the enemy broken as the presence of God was drawing them to our church. The name 
Jesus. This name, somehow, I don't understand everything about the name. I understand a lot of it. But as I stay in God's word and learn my rights and privileges, I've begun to recognize that if you declare anything in that name, it will be done for you. Do you want to know why? Because everything you declare in the name of Jesus has already been done. It's by whose stripes you were healed, not hopefully going to be. The language that is used with using the name of Jesus, is that it is a finished work, that you are not sitting at the bottom looking up, trying to use the name to overcome, but that you are sitting at the top with Jesus at the right hand of the Father, and you are using the name Jesus from a place of strength, from a place of position, from a place of authority, and it's no longer this begging, pleading. It would be like somebody in a mall, mama, who picks up your one-year-old toddler and says, this is my son, and then security comes, and he says, I don't know who this lady is. This is my son. How, what would you be like as you knew that this is my son and you own? You would rise up with such authority that nobody could talk you out of it. And this massive flow out of you would convince everybody around this woman is the mom of this baby. Why? Because of the ownership of this is my son. Now, you could do that with your house. You go home and somebody's standing in your house. This is my house. Who are you? You call the police and they come over there and you have have to prove this is your house but something in you would rise if it wouldn't be a well I sure hope I can get my house back I mean yes officer I came home and they were standing and this really is my house I just beg you please you wouldn't talk like that for a moment when you know that you know that this is mine there is a difference on the inside get that man out of my house I will show it to you but you shut him that this is my place and why because there is this sense of power there is this sense of righteous indignation that these are my rights my privileges this is what I own this is what I have been had bought and paid for and until you get to this place in God's word of knowing of what Jesus has done for you when the enemy pushes against how much authority you think you have or you try to use this name of Jesus in your wimpy little well I sure hope so you better get into the word of God because in the spirit realm where there is a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light it is faith that overcomes it is faith that delivers the name of Jesus and all that it entails but listen to me it's not hard it was so easy that as a little boy in grade one I already knew that Jesus name would heal I didn't understand then all about the cross and the throne but I had known that this name was more powerful than sickness I remember another time in grade school having this dog get off his chain and come at me and using this name as a little prick because I knew that Jesus would protect me. You better understand how precious our Sunday school is and how amazing our kids workers are and what a blessing it is to have a Christian school where children are taught the name of Jesus and their authority in the word of God because of Christ and at a young age they're taught who they are, what they are, and their purpose in life. Today I want you to understand that you need to, as never before, go back to all that I've taught. I'm I'm talking with people today 
who because of this situation and, and, and all the fear that is, just there's a spirit of fear that is trying to overcome the world. There's a spirit of fear. And there's a difference between the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. You'd better dive into the word of God and know who you are. Know what your rights and privileges are. And you'd better learn to understand the name. What is in the name? How much authority, power, influence? When it says that you are an heir, when it says you use the name. If you just go to your Bible, your Strong's Concordance or some kind of a Bible help and look up how many times it, there's teaching on the name, in the name, glory to his name, faith to his name, use the name, speak the name name, uh, you are going to be astounded at how the body of Christ has relegated that to just an emergency. Declare your finances and your career in the name. Declare protection and speak over your future. Stop waiting for some kind of a problem to use the name. It says, in all that you do, do in the name of Jesus. Your career in the name. Your protection in in the name, peace and joy over your house, in the name, the blessing and the growth of your marriage, in the name, the health of your body and your mind, in the name. And when you use that name, when you get used to using that name, and as you study the scriptures, listen to me, it will grow. Today, as a grandpa, a husband, a father, a CEO, a pastor, take your pick. There's something about that name that is so precious and so powerful that when I use that name, everything that's in the presence of God but that is in my heart in faith just whoosh, just looses. And there's times I've spoken the name, turned around, and just walked off because I knew hell couldn't stop what I had just declared in the name of Jesus. This faith that everybody thinks they have, this faith which is mental ascent in most people's lives, there must be a meditation as Holy Spirit goes to work with you. And all of a sudden, your heart, which speaks the languages of visions and dreams begins to see a different future. If you keep listening to constant negative news, uh, you're going to find that your future is being re-photographed in your heart as pathetic and useless and locked up and nothing's ever going to change and, and all these prophetic people who don't know Christ are saying that, you know, the world's never going to be the same. You're right, it's never going to be the same because Jesus is Lord over this planet and his people are rising up and hopefully recognize recognizing that if the church, which is the salt and the light, doesn't do this, we will give in and lose by virtue of not even showing up. Speak the name. Speak God's word. It is the name of Jesus that has been given to you. The name of Jesus. Maybe every time you write down a promise, write out your prayer, you need to just put down POA. I have the power of attorney over all that Jesus has, owns, who he is, what he influences and makes decisions on, have all been handed to me to use the name. Father, I pray right now for every person here. I pray that there would be this instant love and desire for your word. That, Father, we would get excited about walking into a new season of faith in our hearts as to who we are, what we are, and our very purpose for living our mission. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, 
you're listening to me, I want to lead you in the most powerful prayer I know. Because if a person, if you've been listening to me speak, faith has, ari- has risen in your heart to make this decision. And you need to pray this prayer because Jesus will never force himself into your life. But if you choose him right now, then pray this prayer. Just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. He died in my place, took care of all my past to give me an amazing future. So Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen.